It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to Off The Bench NRL with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. All the big news and views from a big week in footy. Can't wait for your canter? You don't have to. In stock now. See your Fuso dealer today. Yeah, welcome to Off The Bench. Another week and what a week it has been in the world of rugby league. Scotty Sattler here. Jason Matthews is away. He's at a 50th in in Adelaide. Why you go to Adelaide for a 50th? I don't know. But uh, welcome to the show. Joining me also is going to be Daddy Vass Co. here. How are you, Co? Yeah, good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, it has been a massive week. I've been good. Uh, it's been an emotional week, of course, in rugby league. Um, the Anzac Day clashes, emotions for different reasons. The Anzac Day clashes on Tuesday were just simply amazing, as they always are. Uh, I, I do think that New Zealand deserve an Anzac Day clash, that Melbourne and uh, New Zealand game, probably every second year. I think they needed to uh, celebrate the Anzac Day clashes as well. But they were outstanding, the two games throughout the week. And then during that game on Sunday afternoon, the Roosters and the Dragons, the news broke, of course, of Jack Whiten leaving his beloved Raiders, where he's been since a 16-year-old, and now going to the, to the Bunnies to um, to play alongside some some very good friends he's able to forge uh, really good friendships with throughout Origin, Latrell Mitchell, Damien Cook, Cam Murray, and Co. So we're going to discuss that a little bit more. Not so much the emotion around it all. There's been a lot of hate around it. He's received uh, some vile messages, private messages uh, from some cowards along the way, which is expected in this day and age. Um, but also, where to now for the Bunnies? Is probably for the Raiders, I should say, which is, which is really important. Payne Haas, of course, he's in the media again. And it's about the rugby union's raid on the rugby league ranks. And Payne Haas still under contract for a number of years with the Brisbane Broncos. But should he stay or should he go? On the show also, Jared Croker. On the back of Jack Whiten signing with the Raiders, uh, their, their legend, Jared Croker, former skipper, is going to be on the show to talk about, one, his career, getting to 300 games, which is a very small group of players are able to achieve. And it's an illustrious group. and But also how the the playing group has reacted to, to Jack Whiten signing with the Rabbitohs. I'm, I'm sure they're all shell-shocked. Chris Nelson for Racing Queensland is going to give us some tips throughout the weekend for Fuso Cantors. They're in stock now. Job done. Fuso Cantor, built, ready, range. Uh, now it's time to talk the running hot segment, which is where we talk about all the hot issues in the NRL, thanks to Ream Manufacturing in Australia for over 80 years. And let's get straight to that that news, uh, Co, about uh, Jack Whiten signing with the Rabbits. Um, you know, it's it. Well, you could see this starting to emerge a few weeks ago when his player management said he's going to go to the open market. Now, just to educate the listeners again, if if they didn't know, he's still under contract for twenty twenty four with the Raiders, but he had a clause in his contract when he re-signed a few years ago that if he wanted to get out of his twenty twenty four season, he could. Now, the first question is why? Why, in your right mind, would you allow? A, cl- a player of his caliber to have an option of that nature in, in his the contract. contract, yeah. But when you're a club that wants to keep your marquee player, you're willing to sort of try and meet halfway the best way you can, and it hasn't worked out well for him. For him to go and look for another club first and foremost for the 2024 season and not write out his contract says there's something wrong 
at the Raiders because it shows he doesn't trust the playing group. Doesn't well, it? he could either just play through twenty twenty four and then negotiate from twenty twenty five onwards, and he's still going to be hot in demand. Um, but in saying that, for whatever reason, he wants to get out of there asap, and that's probably needs to be more looked at from an internal point of view from the Raiders. Uh, I love the Raiders. I love Ricky Stewart. I'm a huge fan of Michael Maguire, who's the assistant coach down there now, looks after the leadership group. Uh, you've got to be a tough player mentally and physically to, to play under Ricky. Um, so it's, I'm a little bit disappointed. Even though the Bunnies are my club, I love the Bunnies. I'm mm. glad he's going to that club. I feel sorry for the clubs that struggle to recruit players, and Canberra's always been one of those clubs. Freezing down there, isn't it? Yeah, it's, you know, it's <laughs> not the greatest place to live. But in saying that, uh, you know, they love their rugby league down there. So I suppose what you've got to talk about now is um, taking all the emotion out of the situation, where do the Raiders go? Because well, we, we need the, to look at their spine, don't we, Sats? Well, that's the most important part when you've got to try and, when you've got to try and um, replace a, a player like for like for Jack White. Now, admittedly, Jack hasn't been playing his best footy this year when he, was, when he started the season. He's been out for a couple of weeks now. He's back this weekend. Uh, they're playing the Dolphins in Wagga Wagga. Um, but how do you change your playing roster and also replace him with a player? It's like for like. It's difficult to do. When you look at the player market, there's not a lot of key players coming off contract for 2024. So there's, there's two options you can take if you're the Raiders and you either try and ride 2024 out and fill – because as you've as, as you got to remember, they had $1.1 million they were going to spend on Jack to upgrade him. So they've got, let's say, a million dollars to there. use. Yeah. So there's two ways you can look at it. You can use that money and fill it with probably two really good players, possibly three really good players that are still quite young, that aren't getting a go at their current clubs. And hopefully they mature and become really key players. for. Or you just ride out 2024 and you go all in for some players, some big players that are coming off contract in, in 2025. So... It's it's a hard decision to make as a as a recruiter. We've got Brad Schneider at the club. Yeah, good young player. Really as, good as young, a half. Yeah, really good young player. So I, I went and had a look at and listeners, I went and had a look at some of the players that are coming off contract, some that may be disgruntled at their current clubs at the moment. Mm. And could they be players that, that the Raiders go after? Now, the Raiders have been really good and really successful over the years at recruiting UK players. Okay, there's a there's a back rower, a lock forward at St. Helens, who have been the champions for a number of years over there, beat Penrith in the World Club Championship. His name's Morgan Knowles. Okay, he's, I think he's one of the best back rowers in the world. Um, I'd be going after him. I'd be going straight after him. I'd be using Elliot Whitehead and those sort of players that, that have played at the Raiders before and to, to try and entice him to the club. Um, admittedly, John Bateman and, and George Williams left the club, so they might have great things to say about the Raiders if Morgan Knowles was to do his own research. But I'd, I'd be going in for Morgan Knowles. I'd be going in five weeks' time if Sam Walker's still playing second grade at the Roosters. I'd be going to Sam Walker's management, Clinton Shifkowski and, and um, Steve Gillis, and saying, listen, is he happy? If not, does he look, look, would he look like making a, a change for 2024? Jaden Sullivan is a really good young half 5'8 slash hooker at the Dragons who's not getting a run at the moment. Um, Connor Tracy, who's a really good... Halfback 5'8", now comes centre fullback. You love Connor, don't you? Oh, he's a good player. And he's playing second grade at the Cronulla Sharks and probably won't get a look he in there. He can't get a run. Can't, can't get a run. Get a he's run. a tremendous player. Um, and you know what? Also, there's a, there's a really good fullback, young fullback that's playing at Manly. His name's K.O. Weeks. 
And he's not going to get a run there because of Tommy Trebojevic. Mm. So, um, and there's Tolu Kola there as well, who's a, who's a genuine fullback as well, playing in the centres when he's when he's playing. So, there's some really good young players that I think the Raiders could get for 2024. Or do they go with what they've got, sign a couple of players, or in 2025 do they go all in? And I'll throw these numbers at you, these names at you, listeners. Do they go all in for players like Ezra Mam? Don't say that. I know you're Do a man not say that. <laughs> from the Cowboys. Do they go back to South and say, well, we're going to try and take one of yours, Tavita Totola, the front rower. Imagine if they had uh, Joseph Tarpanay, Junior Totola, Josh Papali, admittedly coming towards the end of his career. Mm. There's, a, there's a set of twins that Elliot play Whitehead. the Dragons. Yeah, well, yeah, he's at the end of his career as well. Mm. set of twins at the Dragons called the Fiengai Twins, spelt F-E-A-G-A-I. Fengai, they're really good outside backs. So I've got to say, when you take all the emotion out of the, out of the situation with Jack White and where do the Raiders go now, I'd actually be really confident about sitting back and having a look at some of the options they can take and, and being able to recruit some really good young players. I think, I think the future could look bright for the Raiders knowing they've got the money they've got to spend as well. If Sam Walker's not happy at the Roosters in five weeks' time, He'll be going to his manager and he'll be saying, I need to look at other options. But if I'm not part of the plan here, I need to look at other options. But Sats, so Jamal Fogarty, Fogarty, he's contracted for this year and next season. So what do they do there with him? Sam Walker, seven. Jamal Fogarty, six. Okay. And then you've got, then you got young Schneider, yeah. who's a good young player. And Frawley as well. Yeah, and Frawley's always been a really good backup sort mm. of player. You know, he's... Play second grade when they get injuries, they throw him in there. But he's not your clutch player. He's not your clutch player that's going to get you out of, you know, get you to play finals it, respectfully. So, I think there's some really good. I think there's some really good options for the Raiders. I know they're hurting at the moment because they feel as though Jack's turned his back on the club because the club has done so much for him. Uh, but in saying that, um, you know, you got you got to make a decision based on where you want to be. He 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 feels as though that he just needs a change. He feels as though he's flat. Yeah, well, sometimes you just need a fresh start, right? Yeah, you do. And he's been there since he's 16 years of age. Mm. And, yeah, not everyone wants to be a one-club player these days. It's just a matter of uh, where I can find money. I, I don't buy into the whole I want to go and win a premiership. I mean, everyone wants to win a premiership. But I'd like to think that if you're a marquee player, that you'd want to look upon your, your yourself as the player that wins a premiership, the club that you're at. I want to be the reason why... This club wins a premiership. And I'll give you an example. Craig Gower, who was a Penrith boy through and through, through 2001, 2002, he had every chance to leave the Penrith Panthers when we came last and second last. Every, he had every reason to leave. But he stuck solid because he wanted to win a premiership at that club and captain a premiership the year later. So he could have been easy and gone to the Roosters and played in grand finals and won comps, but he didn't do it. He just said, you know, I'm going to stay at this club. I'm going to be a reason why we win a competition. Take them all the way through. And he did. He yeah. he, he turned Penrith from being a, a team of easy beats to a, a, the minor premiers and the premiers inside sort of two years. So I, I would have loved Jack to take that same mindset. I've got two questions for you, Sats. Yep. First one, 2019. Yeah. The Raiders win the grand final. Jack White was Clive Churchill medalist that day. Yep. Yeah. What does he do? Does he stay with the club knowing that he's won a grand final and what Ricky's done for him there? 
That's actually a really good question. Does he take the does he take the the attitude of I've won a comp already? I need to now go chase. I now need need go happy in my career for the rest of my career. Like I need to make decisions for me. It may have been the same outcome. Mm. I just want to go and play with Latrell and maybe he's just seen this opportunity. So that's a really good way to look at it, Cohen. But I've never thought of it from that way. If they win the comp in two thousand nine, does he still make the same decision? Mm. Probably does. Mm. Probably the same outcome. I don't know. It's a really good way to look at it. Second one. Yeah. Can Canberra compete in 2024? Yeah, they can. If they make some really key signings, like some of the names I've thrown up, absolutely they can. Absolutely they can. I, I think they've got a really got a good young back row in Hudson Young. I think they've got you know Tommy Starling and Young Wolford are really good hookers. Jamal Fogarty's a good player, but they need a real strike player there somehow. A real good strike player. Um Xavier Savage is an exciting fullback. Uh, I think they need a strike player in the centres. Young Matty Tomoko is a good player. Timoko. Uh, I think they need a real good strike player. And that could be the Fiangai twins. They could be real good strike players for them. Connor Tracy's a strike player. He'd be a really good strike player. And KO Weeks is a potential strike player I as reckon well. you should be Connor Tracy's player manager. Oh, I, I can't <laughs> understand that. This is a kid that's had two knee reconstructions before the age of 21. Mm. And he's still one of the quickest players in the comp. Oh, he's, he's originally a half five eighth. He's played in the centers at fullback at Cronulla. He's a tremendous player. And I can't understand why no one else is. And it, I can see why no one's picked him up. Because Sharks realize how good he is for their depth. They're not going to let him go anywhere. But he's off contract at the end of this year. Mm. So I'd be I'd be going all in for Connor Tracy. And trying to fill some of those spots next year. Or like I said, you can go all in for 2025. For Ezra Mam, um, young Paul Amal Alamotti, the young center at the Bulldogs, mm. um, Tommy Dearden, Tavita Totola, the Fiangai twins. There's a lot of really good options. I okay. don't mind it. All right. Let's uh, let's move up the country a little bit to Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Payne Haas, he's been in the headlines a little bit again. Rugby Australia have offered a mega deal, $4.8 million for the services of Payne Haas over three seasons. Thoughts? Well, when I look at the – can you actually just look up and see when Payne Haas comes off contract? From the Brisbane Broncos. End of 2025. Okay, end of 2025. And there's a World Cup this year, 2023. So the next one will be 2027. Mm-hmm. So it'd be 2026, 2027, his first two years if he signed. It'd be 25 if he joins rugby in 2025. Yeah, we're ridiculous. He's mm. 25. He'd, he'd be getting to his peak of his career. And doing what he's doing at the moment at 23 is, I've never seen it from a front row at that age. Probably Glenn Lazarus. At 21, 22, 23, was, was doing what Payne was doing. But, um, you know, this kid would be an amazing rugby player, be an amazing number eight. First and foremost, he's mobile, he's fit. He'll play the entire 80 minutes and more if you need him to. He'd be, you know, be one of the first forwards to every breakdown. Uh, he's got great speed for a big man. So I can see why he'd be a, a target for, for rugby. Uh, 4.8 million for three years. What's it? 1.6 million a season. I think when Joseph Suwali got about the same, didn't he? Yeah. I, you know, he's not going to get that sort of money in rugby league, Payne Haas. Mm. But I've, I feel as though that um, as the salary cap goes up, I feel as though he will be a $1.2 million player. I think the NRL have got to start looking at securing NRL loyalty contracts to the best two players out of each club. And if there's a club that doesn't 
fit that criteria. They don't have those players to fill those two spots. Mm. It leaves an opportunity for players at other clubs who do want to be a marquee player and do want to get extra money from the NRL outside of your playing contract. Let's say $250,000 per loyalty contract. It gives them the opportunity to go to a club. Let's say Joey Manu. Okay, let's use the Roosters as, as an example. Top two players are James Tedesco and um, let's say for argument's sake, it's uh, Brendan Smith. Yep. Okay. Number three is Joey Manu. He's negotiating with the Roosters. The Roosters are saying, no, you're still not going to be our top two highest paid players. You're not going to get one of those NRL loyalty contracts. Um. And he says, "Okay, well, I really, I really want to be a marquee player. I want to get, I want to get one million plus the extra two fifty from the NRL at Newcastle, for argument's sake. There is one of the loyalty contracts because Callum Pong has got the other one. Uh, okay, I'm going to go to Newcastle. I'm going to get that extra money. I'm going to make that club stronger. I think it's an option the NRL's got to look at. And with Payne Haas, he would definitely fill one of those spots at the Broncos. Mm. If it's all about money." The NRL can come to the party with some of these players and make them stay in the game, or not make them, but often the opportunity to stay in the game. If it's about travelling the world and all that garbage that rugby goes on about, you can play at Twickenham and play on British Lions tours, which is a rugby league club growing up. It's not a motivation for me to play a British Lions tour. I don't care about the British Lions tour when I've grown up as a rugby league player. When you grow up as a rugby player, it is. It's very important. But to Payne Haas, I don't know what's more important to him. Is it money? I think the most important thing to him is making sure and ensuring he is able to stay as close as possible to where his mum's going to be incarcerated. Mm. She's going to be incarcerated for the probably the rest of her life. Yep. She'll probably pass away in, in jail. Mm-hmm. And he's very close to his family. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. Can't wait for your cancer? You don't have to. In stock now. See your Fuso dealer today. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Thursday night review. And it was all about the Sharkies at Shark Park. Blue, the North Queensland Cowboys off the park. 44 points to six. Here's some of the highlights. Yeah, they have this slingshot formation. Kennedy might be a clue. They go to Nico Hines. Gets on the outside. Talakai! Oh, big Siffer Talakai. It was three on three. Hines created all the damage. And then Siffer Talakai barges over. Brutal start to Sharks. Sharkies four kick to come. Cowboys nil. Two minutes gone. 12 metres out. Right-hand side, Nakora puts a little rubber and kick through. Ricochets and Ramian. Jesse Ramian gets the touch, scores the try. 12 points to nil. The Sharkies leading the Cowboys and a kick to come. They are dominant. Nico's sending him to the right. I think they're going to want to have another shot back to the left. We'll see how this plays out. Moylan first receiver. Hines out the back. Hines to the line. Finds Kennedy. Tips it on to Katoa. Katoa versus Dearden. Dearden got pushed away. Katoa got rid of Holmes. And Katoa sails behind the post. 18 points to nil. About to be 20 points to nil. There's a party in the Shire, and there's still 52 minutes left of the party. 45 metres out. Right-hand side, Cotter. Away now to Townsend. Townsend to Dearden, and Dearden again goes through. Tommy Dearden links up now to Kyle Felt. Palmed away from Ronaldo Militalo. Oh, he pushed him out to Woolaware. He scores a try. <laughs> Kyle Felt, and didn't they need that? But again, it was young Dearden who carved them up. Moylan, good way down to Talakai. Here's Mulatalo versus Townsend. Oh. That's not a fair match. 
That's not a fair match for Militalo versus Townsend. Sharky scores a try. 24 points to six with a kick to come. Plays the ball back away. Braley sort of looking left and right. Where's the opportunity? He goes to Hines. Hines to the line. He fires out the Talakai. Oh, Talakai does it again to Militalo. Who's got two? They go to 30 with a kick to come. The Sharkies, they're in all sorts. And I agree, Noddy. Put a ribbon around the Cowboys. Their season is done. Once comes to Moylan. Moylan goes There's away. A try. There's Wilton. The Wilton Cowboys are dealt with Wilton. And they score a try. And now they're in the 40s, the Sharkies. Oh, they're cruising by the Cowboys. They are plucked. They are done. The Cowboys are finished, I think, in 2023. I know it's early, boys, but they are cooked. Well, that's it. The punishment is over. And they can't get out of here quick enough, the Cowboys. Oh, Joel Sugarcane. Great call there for SEN League at Shark Park. Uh, tries all over the place. Uh, Nico Hines, the Paul Green medal winner in the end, which is chosen by the winning coach, Craig Fitzgibbon. Overwhelming favourite to win that, Nico Hines. I'm sure he'll get the three points in the Dally M's as well. His message in the speech as well, uh, both uh, Jed and Emerson, the, the children of, of uh, Paul Green, who, of course, passed away um, in tragic circumstances, um, and his wife there as well, and his mother, uh, all in attendance. And Nico, just to accept the medal, but also at the end of it, just say, hey, listen, Make sure we check in on each other. He's a mm. he's a special young man, Nico Hines, and was outstanding last night. Blake Braley, amazing out of dummy half. Sifa Talakai, damaging in the centres. Uh, Will Kennedy continues to improve at fullback. Hamlin Ueli, the front row, he was outstanding. He was on crutches after the game from a hip drop from uh, young Tommy Chester. Oh, it was Nanai, actually. No, it was Jeremiah Nanai yeah, as well, yeah, yeah. which I've got to say, a lot of the, the so-called hip drops are very innocuous and they're, they're part of what the game is. But that was dangerous. He wasn't happy, eh? Mm. He threw the ball at he all. He wasn't happy Coruscant, was he? <laughs> uh, Cam McGuinness, I've got to say, he's playing the jersey number 13. Outstanding. And his interview after the game where he's got the one tooth missing, he does it looks like a boxer rather than a rugby league player. <laughs> but when Dale Finucane returns, what about the depth? They've got Cam McGuinness coming off the bench. Dale Finucane at jersey number 13. Cam McGuinness was unbelievable. Um, the defence last night was probably what's going to impress Craig Fitzgibbon, because he prides himself as a player on one of the best defensive players, and he was when he played. But his team is leaking too many points. So to be only able to concede one try last mm. night, he'd be pretty satisfied with that. Yeah, I watched the po the pre-match, sorry, and uh, he did touch on that. He said, mm. look, we need to tighten up. So, yeah, good win there to the Sharkies, 44 points. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. White, little double pump action. Now they create the overlap. Poker! The record try scorer for the Canberra Raiders. Number 121. And he goes past his namesake, Jason, and will lead that stat for a long, long time to come. Round 17, 2019 against the Dragons. Jared Croker breaking uh, the Raiders' all-time try scoring record. This afternoon, Sats, well, tonight we find him in Wagga Wagga. Uh, with some fans. Toots, thanks for joining us on Sports Day. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's been a quiet week down in the nation's capital. I, yeah, I anything so, going on? <laughs> no, it's been all right, mate. It's pretty cruisy down here, mate. Not much gets up, gets, uh, gets happening down here, so it's been quite quite good. Yeah, you look at... I mean, you're <laughs> a goal... I had a day off yesterday anyway. Yeah, you're a golden boy, so... Um, <laughs> So going into those regional areas like Wagga Wagga for your match against the Dolphins, it must be a bit of a highlight for a, for a country kid. Yeah, it is, mate. Um, we speak about it a lot. We 
Um, we've played a fair few games out here now. Um, we've played, played a couple of times. Uh, Penrith took us to Bathurst and got out there as well in the, in the community. And like you said, I'm a country boy. There's a few country boys in the team, Jacko and those guys. And um, Canberra's a bit like a big country town as well. So we get a lot of fans out here, um, which is which is obviously really good. And it's good to get out here. And we got out here a couple of days early, which is good. Like I've got a signing session now. There's plenty of young kids and green flags and jerseys around. So, it's um, yeah, it's good to be out here, mate. Last couple of seasons has been a tough one for you, Jared, because of because uh, of injury, and it's shown a lot of character for you to come back. And wouldn't expect anything less. Remember, I remember commentating you all the way back in that first uh, Toyota Cup season in two thousand eight when you won the premiership against the Brisbane Broncos. Carved out an amazing career. Now getting to three hundred games when you're injured, when you're watching the boys train, and, and it gets frustrating. Was getting to three hundred games? some sort of motivation for you or was it just purely I just need to get back on the field? Um, yeah, look, it was a little bit. Um, it was obviously, um, you know, there was a few periods, a bit of a roller coaster, like you said, with some injuries. So there was, was a time there where I was thinking, oh, 292 is pretty good. And then, as, you know, as soon as I got back in there, I'm like, all oh, right, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm keen to keep on and get the 300. So, like I said, a bit of a roller coaster of emotions. There's a couple of times there, I've obviously always wanted to get 300, but a couple of times I probably sat back and went, oh, I've had a pretty good run. So, it's like I said, that's the roller coaster of rehab and, and injuries and that sort of stuff. So, um, in saying that, mate, five games these days for me is um, it's still a fair while away. So, I've still got to get there, mate. And um, fingers crossed we can do everything we can in the next four or five weeks to, um, to get there. Jared, as a rugby league fan, it, it's great to see players like you who are the good guys of the game back playing in the last two years with all of those injuries and you back in first grade and playing week in, week out at the moment, have you noticed much of a change in the game since you really last played a full season? Is it quicker? Is it harder? Um, bigger? Yeah. They're definitely bigger and um, I haven't got any younger either, so they're a little <laughs> bit faster and um, a bit more powerful and those sorts of things, but um, it's, it's certainly quite quick. I think it's been tapered back a little bit. I think we... Um, you know, we probably all admit that um, the game probably got a little bit too quick with all the six agains, and I think they've tapered it back a bit with the, the six again rule over the last 12 or 18 months. So I didn't play a lot of that game where it was, I think it was last year and maybe the year before where it was really over speed and there were just so many six agains. I think it's um, come back a little bit, but in saying that, it's, it's been quite quick. And um, you know, I think last week's game against the Dragons, I'm not sure what the, um, you know, the possession and those sorts of things were, but it just felt like one of those games that just went from end to end and it was it's really fast, and like I said, mate, I'm certainly not getting younger. So there's a few guys out there that are a bit younger and quicker, but um, hopefully a little bit of bit of knowledge between the years and a bit of experience helps me out. Hey, we we spoke to Kieran Foran last night, who's lined up against his old team this weekend uh, against the Seagulls, and we asked him the question after the weekend we just had and how exciting the Anzac round was and and the the amazing football we saw. Do you think this is the best the game has ever been? Um, yeah, I think it is. Um, I, you know, it's, it's obviously the game's always getting better. It's always growing. It's, um, it's always a spectacle. You know, there's never every year we keep saying, it's, you know, the greatest year and the greatest game ever. And, you know, it's hard to argue with it. Um, obviously the magic round and those sorts of things add to it. Um, and a bit of the speed of the game and, and some of the athletes that are playing the game at the moment, it's, um, you know, it's hard to, hard to argue with that. So, um, yeah, look, it's, it's obviously there's, there's always issues in the game and there's always something different, whether it's a, you know, a hip drop or, or something like that that we've always got to contend with. Um, but look, it's, you know, I think we have to, if you went through and said, well, you know, the ratings and the, thank you, 
the ratings and you know those sorts of things. Um, I'm pretty sure the game game's growing. Sorry, yeah. guys, help the kids here. <laughs> that's all right. That's that's great. Um, now, obviously, you've got to address the elephant in the room. Door. Elephant in the room um, uh, with with what's happened with Jack White and leaving the club next year. Well, what's been the feeling amongst the playing group? Yeah, look, it's, it hasn't it hasn't affected the playing group to be honest. And we spoke about that the last couple of weeks that it hasn't. Um, you know, we we uh, we had yesterday off, which was good. So when the news broke, we finished training and had yesterday off. So we didn't have to worry about it all to be honest. We got there and trained today, and um, we just had a good session. Like um, you know, like that's how it was. And um, you know, it's it is what it is. Um, there's nothing nothing we can do about it. And we spoke. You know, we've we've it hasn't been an issue for us over the last three or four weeks, and um, you know, it's all cleared up now. And um, we can move forward. There's, like I said, there's, there's nothing we can do about it. And as a team, we want to play well and um, continue our winning ways. If there's a young player or some young players, um, Toots, in the, in the group that maybe are feeling emotional about it all and maybe show some anger, how do you as an experienced player, how do you ensure that it doesn't affect the team moving forward to try and play finals this year? Yeah, well, I think the way it's the way we've handled it so far, the no, there hasn't been any of that here. There hasn't been any young fellas, anyone, you know, upset or you know, obviously, obviously we're upset that he's leaving. Um, you know, but the way it's all been handled, the way we've you know conducted our meetings and our training sessions, um, we've just gone on as business as usual. And at the end of the day, it's business as usual. Uh, we got a we had a game to prepare for this weekend. Um, we got a game to win this weekend. And like I said, that's that's how we prepare. And we've got pretty much a home game at Wagga. We've got all three grades out here with. Um, on, on Saturday, yeah, mate. Uh, got all three grades out here on the weekend, um, and we're treating it like a home game, mate. And, and all three grades have been told that that's how it is. We've got to prepare to win win three grades, and, and that's what we're going to try to do on the weekend. How good is that, Sats? Country football, all three grades. Mm. Like that is, I reckon those crinkle cut chips will be flying Great, out of the tuck shops this weekend down there in Wagga Wagga. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Hey, um, yeah, the beers will be flowing, I reckon. <laughs> oh, absolutely. What a day at the footy that'll be. Um, the Dolphins, geez, haven't they overachieved this year? Although it's not surprising, right, with, with Wayne Bennett leading this team? Yeah, look, look at, yeah, you know, you look at the coach and, and mate, they've got some colour about the players. Jesse Bromwich and all the Bromwich brothers and, and those guys that have come through a Melbourne Storm system for a long, long time, mate. They were never going to be, they're never going to be easy beats and rollovers. They've got plenty of experience and, um, uh, they've played some exciting footy as well, so um, there's, you know, there's like I said, there's no, no, um, no surprises here of, of how well they've been going. So we've got to, like I said, said earlier about preparation, we've got to prepare to play our best footy, and um, look, that's what we're going to do again on the weekend. Now, before we let you go, Jared, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Uh, we asked uh, Kieran Foran as well, and it's, it's basically around your career, but. Um, Outside of your own teammates, we ask Kieran this as well, who does Jared Croker like watching play out of all the other 16 teams? Is there a couple of players you look forward to watching outside of your game? Who's Fosday? <laughs> who was that? Um, I said, who did Fosday? Oh, he <laughs> said, well, we don't said, want to tell you. He said Latrell And South Sydney. Yeah. yeah we don't nah. want to mention that. Uh, Luttrell. Yeah. Yeah, though. Better not say that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I, I don't watch as much footy. Don't, don't watch as much footy as I used to. Um, you know, you go through waves where you enjoy watching footy and, and teams and um, certain players. And sorry, I'm going to see the photo. <laughs> um, probably the one if I the one the the guy that I probably you know probably the, you know you you talk about someone you you really don't 
you know, you look forward to marking in regards to probably your best centre and I'll probably say Joey Manu. I know he played 5'8 the other day, but he's a he's an exciting player and you know, probably one of the hardest to come up against. So um, there's no team I really like seeing go well when you're when you're playing against them all. I don't really like any other team, but um, seeing someone like Joey Manu in full flight, uh, Katani Sags is another one who's you know a real quality player. So um, yeah, probably those guys at the moment. Okay, last one now. You made your debut, I think it was back in round two or three, back in 2009, if, if my memory serves me correctly. But um, was there a, is there a moment when you yep. started playing first grade that was your welcome to first grade moment? Like for some people, it's running out at three o'clock in front of a big crowd. Some may be the first time they got smashed. Or well, Can you remember your first welcome to first grade moment? Um... I, I don't know if it was my first, my very first one, but I think I think it was my first year, first or second, early in my career anyway. I'd, we played up in Newcastle, and we've always struggled at Newcastle, to be honest. We've always had a bit of a bogey team and all that sort of stuff. And, mate, we um, we went up there one day. I don't know if it was my first or second season or when it was early, and Adam McDougal, McDougal absolutely <laughs> brained me, just just gave me a bath uh, physically physically and skill, skillfully, just, just gave it to me. And I just remember going, holy hell, this is actually what it's like. And, I think I had one from Justin Hodges as well, and then Jamie Lyon, those sorts of guys. Caught plenty off a few of them. Um, a few lessons there learnt. So uh, probably there was definitely one at Newcastle that day um, off the mat. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, good stuff, mate. We're going to let you go. We know you're with the fans. Just think about this, Jared. You'll meet some fans this weekend who will continue to watch you for the rest of their lives and try and follow in your footsteps and may take the risk of playing rugby league because you guys are getting out into country areas and meeting these kids. So I applaud I applaud the Raiders for doing that in Wagga Wagga this Saturday, 3 o'clock, all three grades. How good is that? Awesome. Taking on the Dolphins. Good luck, Jared Croker, and thanks for your time on Sports Day. Nah, beautiful, guys. Thanks for having me. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. Time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Queensland is your place to race this year. Oh, it certainly is. And, Sats, it's a special time of the year. The Winter Carnival kicking off. We're getting into it. Queensland is your place to race this year. What are you really gambling with? Can I ask Chris Nelson? uh, Hello, Nelson from Racing Queensland. Um, Sats? Seeing it is the Winter Carnival now. Yes. Here we go. Can you confirm nor deny that the horses start wearing skivvies in winter? Do I have to answer that, Jace? Do I really have to well, answer that? No, you don't. But answer this one. What about Ugg boots? <laughs> <laughs> no, just puffer vests. Yeah. Oh, well, we're not in Victoria now, mate. We're not in Melbourne, that's no. right. <laughs> Jeez, they love a puffer vest down there, don't they? Yeah. Well, mm. what happens is when you get off the plane at Tullamarine or you cross the border, they hand them out. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> is someone actually in a factory in China just pumping them up with a pump? Like, seriously. Well, what's going on there? Them. But now they've got to the stage where they're wearing uh, coloured ones, so red ones and all sorts oh, of other things, those, not just black. Those Melbourne, those Victorians, mate, particularly those <laughs> Richmond supporters, they're weird. <laughs> anyway, let's move Don't on. Hey, uh, well done. Bo Desert the other day, race seven. Race seven, number five. You got that up. You tipped our listeners and uh, paid sevens, mate. Well done. Yes, nice to get one right every now and again, Jase. We'll take that and just, hopefully you can uh, build on that Saturday. Just remember, you win some, you lose more. Okay, carnival time, Neil. So what's happening this weekend around Queensland? Well, we have uh, the big day, as you mentioned, Jase, kicking off the winter carnival, the Queensland's 
uh, Winter Racing Carnival. Ten weeks. This is the first of ten Saturdays. Eight Group 1 races, $25 million plus uh, in prize money. And it all kicks off with the Queensland Guineas, the Victory Stakes, and the Del Rello Stakes for the two-year-olds at uh, Eagle Farm on Saturday. So that promises to be a really good day. Hopefully he's finding up. The track will still be in good condition. We also race at uh, Aquas Park on the poly track there, the Gold Coast. We've got a tab meeting at Bar Calden. We race at Toowoomba in the Twilight Zone. And don't forget, guys, we have the Archer on Sunday afternoon at Rocky. I think we mentioned this on uh, Monday. $775,000 for the Archer. It's going to be a cracking day. What year did Archer win the Melbourne Cup? Oh, it was in 1888 or something like that. Wow. Was what it? was it? What, compare racing back then to now. I mean, Nelson, you were there for that event. So. I was going to say, <laughs> I'm getting older each year, but I'm not quite that old. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, okay, so give us some tips. I'm looking at the uh, the Eagle, Fa- Eagle Farm um, races for this week. Uh, what do you got at Eagle Farm? Well, I'm going with uh, race seven, number six, and Tino is my best. Uh, Tony Gollan trains. He's heading towards a Stradbroke start. That's the horse, not the uh, trainer. <laughs> he needs to get his rating points up, and he needs to keep winning, and I think he will. He was very good winning first up, so race seven, number six. Go back to race five, number seven, Spirit Queen. Beaten narrowly by Ekaterina last time they met. Weight-wise, Spirit Queen's better off this time around. Better gait, and I just think can turn the tables. Good so race form, five, too. Number seven. Well, what's, yeah. A couple of seconds, a first, couple of thirds. Look at you, yeah, go. Very consistent, yeah. very consistent. Now, this last race, <laughs> this is the Guineas. Race nine, number three, Kovalika is the horse that everybody thinks will win the derby uh, in a month and a, well, a month and a half Pretty much. That's, now, a Walla, that's a Walla horse, isn't it? It is. Jeez, you are on the <laughs> ball today, Sats. What's going uh, on? Yeah, he ran second at Ramwick last start in the South Pacific, but I don't need to tell you that during the championships. You'd be already all over that. Yeah. Gets to 1,600 metres and should be winning that last race. So Kovalika uh, in the last. Uh, I, I did like one in race four called Armed Forces, number three. Chris Wallace decided to send that around in Sydney instead, which is race one, number five at Rose Hill. So... Let's have something on that as well. Um, I'm, I'm impressed by your knowledge, Sats. The man who's just asked you where the horses wear skivvies uh, during the Winter Carnival. Do you ever... Just on Archer, it won Melbourne Cup in 1861 and 1862. <laughs> so, right, here we oh, go. Yeah. It was a bit before my time then. Jeez, I wonder how you'd go without Google. It'd be mm. amazing. Hey, speaking of the Archer, have you got a tip for that? Uh, yes, I'll go with Star Tontes. Uh, yeah. Right down there. She's drawn a terrible gate. Uh, there's going to be plenty of scratchings with emergency. She will be back in the field anyway, but that 600 metre straight there at Rocky, that's just what she needs because she'll need all of that to, to get to them and she hopefully will. She's and a big, big Jace nice. Eagle Farm, race eight. Yeah. One of your booms, Prince of Boom. Oh, my, that's my favourite boom. Yeah, there you go. And he, that's my favourite. Yeah, he was very impressive Jimmy last Orman. start. Right, Prince of Boom. Okay, good. You're Pain right. Eight. Hey, mate, this is a racing segment with Chris Nelson, not Scott <laughs> yeah. Sattler. All right, I just want to, mate, he's not trying to do you out of a job. He's trying to take everyone's jobs. Watch him. He's on fire. Prince of Boom, any chance, mate? Uh, I just worry a little he bit hesitated, about. Uh, he yeah, hesitated. Yeah, he's up in the. That, oh, look, I was super impressed with that last win. Really impressed. But he's got to go up an extra 200 metres and he meets his stable mate Rothfire a bit worse at the weight. So I'm not saying he can't win, but his task is a lot tougher this time. He's got a, well, the same problem as me, worse at the at the weights. Queensland's racing. The action continues <laughs> this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Nelson, enjoy the weekend, mate. You too, guys. All the best and good luck to everyone. 
This is Off The Bench NRL. We'll be back soon.